0: Well, this this morning, I, I have a special message for all uh, mothers. And um, I want to speak to you, uh, ladies, and this is for all of us as well, but uh, especially to the moms this morning, about the deep soul of a godly mother. The deep soul of a godly mother. I heard recently somebody say that uh, being a parent is only hard for the first 40 years. And <laughs> I think... I think that's true. I don't know. I, you know. Ask me in about 17 years when our youngest turns 40, and I'll tell you if that's true. But it, it rings true for me because I think, uh, and your moms and dads can confirm this, uh, just because your kids are out of the house, you don't stop worrying about them, and you don't start praying, you stop uh, praying for them. You don't stop counseling them and, and helping them. And so I think it's true that it's only hard for the first 40 years. After that, ladies, you can relax. You can enjoy your motherhood. I was thinking about a book that it's a children's book that maybe some of you read to your children when they were young. And this book is called, Are You My Mother? How many of you have seen this book or maybe you've read it and uh, you've heard of this book? Are You My Mother? Karis uh, has a, a copy of this. I think Auntie gave it to her. And, uh, but, uh, Are You My Mother is a story of, uh, of a hatchling bird. And, uh, Before the egg hatched, his mother, thinking that her egg would stay in her nest while she would go look for some food, and she left the egg in the nest, and she flew off to find the food. Well, in the meantime, the baby bird hatched, not understanding where his mother was. He he went out to to look for his mother, and since he couldn't fly yet, he walked around, and in his search, he found a kitten, and he asked the kitten, are you my mother? No. You know, he asked, he found a hen, he found a dog, he found a cow. He asked all of them. Are you my mother? And the answer, of course, was always no. So he refused to give up. And he, he saw an old car. He realized, okay, that car can't be my mother. But in desperation, he called out to, to a boat. No response. Called out to, to a plane. Are you my mother? No response. At last, he, he climbed into the teeth of this big power shovel, this tractor with a power shovel. And, and suddenly, he was there. And, and, and this machine snorted from the exhaust stack. It snorted and the bird cried out, You are not my mother. You are a snort. It's a great story, right? It's a great story. You are a snort. So then the machine grinds into motion, starts moving. He can't escape. He starts yelling, I want my mother. At that moment, the snort drops this hatchling right in his nest. And then the mother comes back. The two are reunited, much to their great delight. And then the baby Bert tells his mother the the adventures that he had while he was looking for her. It's a great story. Look it up. Now, this little story, I I think um, it's a cute story, and it's a cute Mother's Day uh, story, but it puts into perspective for us uh, something about Mother's Day, because I want to read to you today from the book of Luke, chapter 2, a story of when Jesus got left behind when his family went into Jerusalem, except that. It wasn't Jesus that was going around looking for his parents. It was his parents going around looking for him. So let's read the story in Luke 2. you'll turn in your Bibles to the second chapter of Luke, beginning with verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Now, verse 48. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But this is what I want to focus on today. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That phrase that I just called attention to, the end of verse 41, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart, I think describes mothers very, very accurately. I think mothers have the ability to see what their children are going through as they grow and to reflect on those things and and to value those things and to treasure those things. Am I right, ladies? And, and men, you know, fathers do it too, but not quite the same as, as a mother. I think mothers have this maternal instinct. Some people call it a sixth sense. Mothers seem to know intuitively when their children are in trouble or when, maybe when they're making trouble. How did, how did mom know? You know, my, my wife would tell our kids whenever she discovered that they were doing something they weren't supposed to. And they would ask, how did you know? She would say, God tells me. It's just this instinct. It's just this this sixth sense, and uh, and moms know when their children are dealing with a trial, be it emotional, being uh, spiritual, uh, being financial, whatever it might be. Moms just seem to know. But in, in this passage, that we find that Mary is actually astonished, initially surprised at what she finds Jesus doing, and I also find it interesting that. It was Mary and not Joseph who corrected Jesus. It was Mary and not Joseph who who told him, uh, "Why are you treating us this way? We have been anxiously searching for you." Because I think moms have a way of disciplining in love, in a way that really gets to to the hearts of their of their children. So, almost certainly, though when Mary asked this question of Jesus, why are you treating us this way? We've been anxiously searching for you. Almost certainly, she wasn't expecting the answer that she got. When Jesus said, why are you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Very important answer. Very important phrase. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? And Joseph and Mary apparently didn't know. or At least they hadn't quite understood that it, it took them a while to realize what was going on with Jesus Jesus at this point in time, when he was 12 years old. They eventually understood that he was starting to take his place in the Father's plan. They eventually understood that he was where he needed to be right smack in the middle of the Father's will. That's what he was trying to tell them. And that's what I think they eventually understood. I'm doing what I'm called to do, I'm in the Father's will. This is why I think it's really significant that we read at the end of verse 51 that Mary treasured that. She treasured all these things in her heart. Now, I think that Mary, because she was a normal mother, but also because she really is a model for mothers everywhere, I think that she must have spent a lot of time reflecting on her son. In fact, The same chapter 2 of Luke at the beginning, we read the story of Jesus' birth. And if you remember, after Jesus was born, the shepherds that were out in the field went into Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus. And they they saw Him, they worshipped Him. And then they told Mary this, this fantastic story about how an angel had appeared to them and told them that that night, that same day, the Savior had been born in the city of David and told him where to find him and, and told him you know, how he was going to be laid in, in a manger. And, um, and the shepherds told Mary how a chorus of angels appeared praising God in, in the heavenlies. And so it was a, a, a great story. So they told her all this and then they left. And the Bible says that immediately after that in verse 19, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. So it wasn't just when Jesus was 12 years old, when He told them, why are you looking for me? I'm in the Father's house. I'm in the Father's will. But it was from the time He was born, Mary was, was pondering. Mary was reflecting. Mary was treasuring all these things in her heart, in her soul, in her inner being. It was a time of reflecting, pondering, treasuring all that she was seeing in the life of her son. And what she was seeing was her son stepping into his role as the one who would die for the sins of the world. What she was seeing was the human development of her son, coupled with the spiritual understanding of who he was. What she was seeing was her son right smack in the middle of the Father's will. Now, this is a great lesson for us, especially moms today. And, And here's a lesson. The best thing that moms can do for their children is to prepare them to discern and follow God's will for their lives. To prepare them to discern and to follow God's will for their lives. Mary treasured this understanding that, okay, my son is in the middle of God's will. My son is in the father's house. My son is doing what he came to do. And she treasured that. She valued that. She reflected on that. And moms, when you can teach your children to discern and to follow God's will, then you have done what you are called to do with your children. This should be the goal of every parent for their children, that their children would live in God's will. When my wife and I got married uh, back in 19... What year was that? (laughs) She's right there. Back in 1982, I was just testing her. When we got married uh, through a weird set of circumstances i didn't have a job Um, i was supposed to have a job and then it fell through and so at any rate we ended up just getting married i remember our pastor uh told me because i talked to him i said i don't know should we just cancel you know postpone the wedding and he says well i don't know how adventurous are you (laughs) like i'm not very you know (laughs) but uh so we got married i got a job the very next week but so we were praying for God to, to give me a job. And um, I was right out of college. It was my first teaching job. And our church back in Corpus was praying that I would get a job over there. And my dad's church that he was pastoring here in San Angel was praying that I would get a job over here. So we're like, OK, let's see which church, you know, wins. You know? So I got a job in, in, in Corpus. But, and, and my parents wanted me to be here. But my mom said this. She said, I just want you to be in God's will. I'd love for you to be here, but I just want you to be in God's will. That should be the goal of every parent for their children. Not to achieve the highest level of financial success. Not to win the most awards or to gain the widest recognition in, in their field. But I think godly mothers like, like Mary treasure the realization that their children are living in God's will. I think godly mothers like Mary commit their lives to preparing their children to learn to discern and follow God's will for their lives. So that raises this next question is how how do moms do this? How can moms best prepare their children to discern and follow God's will for their lives? I think that preparing your children to discern and follow God's will begins with this. It begins, moms, with developing a deep soul yourself. With developing a deep soul yourself. If you've ever flown, if you've ever traveled in an airplane, you know that at the beginning, before you even take off, the flight attendants always, always explain that in the case of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, that an oxygen, oxygen mask will drop down uh, from the compartment above you And they always tell you, please put on your own mask first before assisting the people next to you, right? If you have a a child or somebody else who needs help. They always say, please put on, secure your own mask first, and then you assist the people that need help next to you. The point is, you have to take care of yourself first if you want to be around to take care of your children, right? So, helping your children discern and live in God's will is a spiritual act. Moms, your spiritual life will be your foundation for helping your children to follow God. That's why you've got to prioritize your spiritual life. That's why you've got to determine to develop a deep soul yourself. Take care of yourself first, and then you'll be in a position to help your children where they need help the most, and that is in their spiritual walk. There is no doubt in my mind that Mary had developed a deep soul from the time that the angel appeared to her as a very young teenager to tell her that she would be the mother of Jesus. Her response to the angel and the song that she sang, we call it now the Magnificat, the song of of Mary, the song that she sang revealed, they both reveal this deep soul that knew how to trust God in the midst of uncertainty. In the middle of many questions about her future, her life, and how can this be, she knew how to trust God because she had a deep soul. And as Jesus grew, we we read that Mary often pondered and treasured things in her heart. And you can't ponder and treasure things in your heart and your soul the way that Mary did without a deep soul. Moms, develop a deep soul for your own good and for the good of your children spend more time caring for yourself spiritually than you do worrying about getting your your kids about your kids getting ahead in areas that aren't going to bring ultimate fulfillment for them in Christ unless they are in Christ if you want your children to live in the deep satisfaction Of following God's will. And believe me, there is no other satisfaction like knowing you're in the Father's house. You're in the Father's will. And if you want your children to live in that deep satisfaction of following God's will for their lives. Teach them to develop a deep soul. And that starts, moms, with you developing a deep soul. Now, why is this so important? Why can't we, we just kind of superficially follow God? Superficially, yeah, I know God's there and I know God exists. And every once in a while I go to church and every once in a while I pray. Why, does, why is it so important that we develop a deep soul? Because the soul is eternal. The soul is eternal. Everything else we might chase after is temporary. But the soul is eternal. If you're teaching your children to go after human recognition, to go after sports trophies, to go after fame, to go after fortune, you're leading them down the wrong path. Those things aren't wrong. You know, being involved in different areas are not wrong. But if if you're ignoring their spiritual life and you're ignoring your own spiritual life, then you're leading them down the wrong path. But if you're teaching them to develop a deep soul by following your example, you're laying a foundation for a rich life of deep satisfaction in Jesus Christ. So why develop a deep soul? Because the soul is important. On top of that, why develop a deep soul? Because the soul can grow to a limitless capacity. There's no ceiling when it comes to growing your soul. There's no glass ceiling or any other kind of ceiling. You and I can never get to the place where we say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with this. My soul is as deep and as good and as wonderful as it's ever going to be. No, because the growth of our soul is limitless. There's this capacity that's available to us. But I think the thing that I love the most about pursuing the development of a deep soul is that this is something that's available to every single person here today. Every single person in the world. Has the ability. To develop a deep soul. There's not a person created. Who cannot grow a deep soul. I I will never be a great basketball player. I'll never be a star basketball player. Um, I'll never be the President of the United States. I'll never start a huge tech company like Zuckerberg and all the others. I'll never do some of the great things that other people are doing in the world of technology, in the world of music, in the world of sports, or even in the world of church life. I'll never do some of the great things that other people are doing. But here's the reality. What I can do is I can grow a deep soul. What you can do, mom, you can grow a deep soul. And can you imagine how that's going to bless your children? I can grow a soul that has breadth and depth and width. And so can you. And Moms, when you grow a deep soul, your children will notice. And their lives will be in a position to find ultimate fulfillment in God. Because they will learn to surrender their lives to God and to follow Him and to follow His will. Now, you might be asking, great, you talked about developing a deep soul and why we should do it. But how do you do it? I'm not going to go too deeply into this. But let me just say this. You need three things to grow a deep soul. You need alone time. You need unhurried time. And you need God's Word. You need alone time. You need to, and if you have to schedule it in, put it on your calendar, put it in your phone, uh, calendar app, whatever you've got to do. You've got to develop time alone where you can pray, where you can read the scripture, where you can reflect, where you can meditate. Folks, in our culture today, we've lost the art of reflecting, of just stopping to think without having some background noise going, without having our our, our phone or a computer open in front of us. We've lost the ability to just reflect in solitude. Alone time for reflection, for meditation, for scripture reading, for prayer. An unhurried time. Where we're not in a hurry. We're not just, I'll just read my Bible plan. So I can check it off. So I can say I checked it off. And everybody will know. All my friends will know. Who follow me on version That I checked it off. And whew, no. We need some unhurried time. Where, where we allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. Develop a deep soul. With alone time. With unhurried time. And the foundation for all this is God's Word. Where we learn to read. And, and to study. And to memorize. What was the last time you memorized God's Word? Those are just fundamental things for developing a deep soul. The spiritual maturity and the gravity of your soul. The gravity of the soul that we all need in our lives. Begins with a daily habit of alone time, unhurried time and God's word. So make the decision, moms, to develop your soul. You know what? Verse 52 of of, uh, Luke 2 that we read tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I had, had a thought that as Jesus was growing physically, Mary was growing spiritually. And as you watch your children grow, moms, as you watch your children grow, determine that they won't be the only ones growing, that you're going to grow spiritually. You know what's the number one thing that I hear moms say about their children? They grow so fast. Right? You look back at pictures from a year ago. You think, oh, she was just a baby. I wish I wish he was still a baby. They're going to grow. But you know what? Decide then Then as they grow physically, you're going to grow spiritually. You're going to develop a deep soul that's going to bless you and bless them. Now, I believe with... On my heart that moms already have a head start in developing a deep soul. God has just, I think He's just wired them in a certain way that helps them develop the depths of soul and spirit that will bless their families if they will follow that path. Not all moms follow that path, unfortunately. Because moms, your natural instincts are great, but they're not enough. You must pursue the development of a deep soul through the spiritual habits that alone will bring the gravity of soul, the gravitas. As some people say... The gravity of soul that will elevate your motherhood to a new level and help you teach your children to follow God with all their hearts. Now, all of you moms here today are in a different stage of your life. Different stage of motherhood. Some of you have have very young children. Others have teenagers. Others, your children are adults. But no matter where you are, you can grow a deep soul. Some of you here today are in different stages of, of motherhood where... Uh, maybe motherhood for you is just really hard. You're struggling. You can grow a deep soul. Some of you right now, you're in a period, a season of your life where things are just great. Your, your children, they're, they're lovely and you're enjoying them. You can grow a deep soul. Maybe somebody here says, you know, I, I don't really want to be a mom. I don't feel called to that. You can grow a deep soul. Everybody here can grow a deep soul. So I want you to watch a video as we finish here today. And then we'll pray. And this video is called, We See You. I pray that we as a church can see motherhood, the different stages, can see you, different areas of your motherhood, and know that God sees you no matter where you are. So let's watch this video, and then we'll pray. And I think that video describes what many of you are going through or have gone through or will go through. And in the midst of all these different scenarios, just think about what a great blessing it is when you have a deep soul of trust in God that will bless you and bless your family. So I'm going to invite you to, to stand with me this time, if you would, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Our praise team is going to lead us in a, a time of worship. And as they sing this song... It is well with my soul. I want you to just say to God, Lord, I I will grow a deep soul. Because the problems are going to come. And if you don't have a deep soul, then you're going to be floundering. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be strengthened. God sees you. God's aware of what you're going through, moms. He's the one we can turn to right now. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful today for These reminders that you do see us, these reminders today that, like Mary, we as parents, today as we talk about moms, following the example of Mary, can grow a deep soul that will bless themselves or bless them and bless their families. Father, I I pray for every mom who was here today, every lady who... Is, uh, in, has stepped into this role of motherhood, a very important role in your plan for the family, in your plan for this role, for this world. I thank you for them, Lord, and I pray that your hand of blessing, your hand of grace, would be upon them. Some of them today, God, are hurting. Some of them today are hurting for their family, for their children. Maybe hurting for a loved one who... A a child who is no longer here. I pray that you would comfort them and fill their void. Some of them are hurting for their mom who is no longer here. and They missed their mom. Comfort them. Your word says that you heal the brokenhearted. I pray that you would do that right now. (laughs) Bless every mom in this room here today. Give them the wisdom and the strength to follow you. Help them to develop a deep soul in their lives as they follow you and as they teach their children to discern you